Hi, welcome to Exploring the Illusion of Free Will. My name is George Ortega, and Anel, my co-host, isn't here again this week, but he will be here next week, so that's good. Um, the topic of today's show is we can never, ever have a free will, okay? And it's true. That's why I'm doing this. Okay. Um, and the reason I say this is because, like, you know, there's some, like, some you know, religious leaders, some like yogis, some spiritual leaders that will say, well, you know, we don't have free will, but if we evolve our consciousness, if we become enlightened, self-actualized, whatever it is, then, then we can have a free will. And the fact is, no, <laughs> we can't. And that's what this show is going to be about. All right. So like, before we get into that, I want to explain, as I always do, what people mean when we say when they say we have a free will, and why um, why the show is important, why I'm doing the show. Okay, basically, the concept of free will um, is the idea that we human beings, whenever we do whatever we do, whenever we think whatever we think, that it's completely up to us. That's nothing. That nothing that we're not in control of or unaware of is responsible for any part of it, that it's completely our decision. That's like, you know, so basically if we do anything right, we're completely credit worthy. If we do anything wrong, we're fundamentally blameworthy, you know, responsible. Um, okay, that's the basic belief. Another way of understanding it is that, um, well, yeah, it's yeah, just basically that like, that we can just decide what we do, um, not being not being guided or influenced by, for example, our genetics. You know, and our personality is fifty percent genetic, genetic, or our um, our environment, how we're raised and stuff. So anyway, that's the belief, and um, and I'll, I'll go into why we don't have a free will. You know, why we never have free will um, after that. But like in terms of the significance. Um, you can't blame us because we don't have a free will, but this this topic is <clears throat> supremely important. It defines who we are as human beings. You know, if we're going around thinking that we have a free will and other pe people have free will, we're going to go around blaming ourselves and others for, pr for pretty much anything, everything. It's not good. It's wrong. It, it's completely unintelligent. It's like, and again, I can't blame us for it because like, since we don't have a free will, it's the universe that made us think we have a free will. It's not the first time the universe has done this. It made us think the world was flat for a while. It made us think that we uh, that the sun revolved around us rather than vice versa. You know, it makes us think get things wrong. You know, sometimes for millennia, for centuries, and then you know, as with this show, it's making us finally get it right. And the importance of this show is like. This this debate over whether we have a free will or not has been going on for hundreds of years, you know, for over a thousand years, really. You know, um, St. Augustine in 580 A.D. coined the term free will, okay? Before that, you know, it's not in the Bible. So, and, but the problem is like, Basically, it's 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 kind of like a fundamental part of religion, Judaism, Christianity, and, and Islam, and whatever Buddhism you know, to a certain extent. 
but it's really not talked about there. It's kind of like a given. And it's pretty much in academia where the debate has been going on. And, um, and nobody ever hears about it, you know. <laughs> and like, you know, some philosophers and psychologists say that, well, it's a very complex question and it just hasn't been solved yet. That is absolute nonsense. It was solved decades, it was solved centuries ago. Spinoza solved it. Um, uh, Jonathan Edwards solved it. Um, many, many philosophers in the past solved it. Baron de Holbach is a, is a very good example. But it just that their their solution just hasn't been accepted by academians, you know, who who kind of like as a result of what we're referred to as motivated reasoning, you know, we're we're kind of like hardwired to not be able to accept things that go counter to how we were raised, how we were, you know, our certain certain beliefs that we value in a certain way. You know, they may be completely wrong and harmful, but we value them. Anyway, so like the significance of this show is like for the first time in history, you know, this topic is moving from academia where nobody ever hears about it and they're, they're just like so clueless about it in so many ways to the mainstream to, as my co-host when he's here says, to Main Street, you know, to the public spotlight and a brief history about, about how this happened. <laughs> I'm tired. I just did two shows. Um, I started a meetup. In um, in Manhattan in um, April April seventh two thousand and ten, before that meetup, you know, you you didn't hear. You, there were maybe a few articles between let's say two thousand and four and two thousand and ten in major you know magazines newspapers about it, but very very few. Okay, after that meetup started, and I I based in you know, I I live here in White Plains, but I based it in Manhattan purposely because I knew that a meetup in Manhattan would like anytime like anybody's like looking for a meetup in Manhattan and and you got to understand like the meetups in Manhattan um it's not just people who live in Manhattan that attend them it's uh, like people in the entire city it's not just people it's like me I don't live in the city I live in White Plains I attend Manhattan meetups so you've got 22 million people in the New York metropolitan area you know sifting a lot of times for meetups in Manhattan so my my um my strategy was, all right, I'll base it in Manhattan so that, like, the listing, my, my Exploring the Illusion of Free Will meetup, it was, it was first called the Predetermined Society Busting the Free Will Myth back then. And it's got, like, a, about 181 two members now. It's cool. We meet every month. But, like, my strategy was, like, you get it up there, you get a lot of people seeing, you know, they may not join the group, they may not look into it anymore, but every time they're looking for a meetup based in Manhattan, they will see Exploring the Illusion of Free Will. Huh, Free Will is an illusion. No, it's not. And they'll, they'll start talking about it. And I wanted to create a buzz about it, okay? So, like, that that happened. Now, this show, certainly, um, you know, West Texas is a pretty important community. You know, we're, like you know, about um, 20, 25 miles from Manhattan, uh, midtown Manhattan. And there's a lot of people who, like, who really are responsible for a lot of goes on in the world who live in Westchester, you know, some White Plains. What's his name? Um, Mark Zuckerberg, um, CEO of Facebook, was born in White Plains. So, you know, we're fortunate to be in, like, this kind of, like, this, um, this suburban community of Manhattan, of New York City, where a lot of people choose to live who, who just, like, um, have influential important jobs in the city so anyway so like between this show and then then like 
you know, I, I feel like promoting the show. All right, I'll get to the topic. But so like, you know, we're doing my, um, you know, we created this show and this show actually started with a, a, a member of the meetup. This guy, Nomi, who did like about eight episodes with me. And then um, then this other guy, Anel, who from the group, he told me that he had, you know, started training to create a public access, to produce a public access um, television show in Manhattan. Now, Manhattan, you know, this, this White Plains is about 57,000 people, and, and through Fios Channel 45, it also reaches certain neighboring communities, parts of them, you know, Scarsdale, Ardsley, Tarrytown, etc., but but Manhattan, the Manhattan audience is um, it's about half a million, and from the website they have a reach I think to about three million. Also, I'm not sure how that works. I got to find out about that. But anyway, so like you know, so I convinced Enel to um, to do a show on free will, and like every other week or so, we're we have a live call-in show on Manhattan's um, cable access neighborhood network station called MNN. Okay, it's on every. Every Wednesday it's on, actually, at 11 p.m. And the cool thing is, like, the weeks that we're not doing um, the live call-in, you know, we present an episode from this show. So this, this show gets seen th- you know, by a lot of people on, in Manhattan also. So anyway, um, that's the reason, like, you know, this is so important. And, and, you know, these two shows and the meetup, you know, the work that uh, Anel and I are doing now has been very, very important to moving you know, ultimately, what happens like in 2010, you get a you had a, a bunch of articles, maybe like a dozen or so, coming out. You know, in major magazines, uh, newspapers, uh, scientific um, New Scientist, the British Science Weekly, came out with a cover story in 2000. No, that was 2011, but still, um, you know, the first time ever, um, Scientific American Mind. Came out with this uh, cover story, 2012. So basically, you know, the topic has moved from academia, where it's languished, where nobody ever heard about it, to mainstream. And you know, I, what happened? You know, you know what happened? Okay, um, in 2011, it's going along well. You know, a lot of uh, promotion and stuff. And then the Arab Spring happened, and so all the attention turned to that. And then, you know, attention, um, the interest in free will kind of waned a bit. And then, then you know. One of the main reasons for doing the show, or one of the things that I wanted to happen, not just from the show but from the meetup, was that I wanted a best-selling author to publish a book on this. And that's exactly what happened. Um, Sam Harris, who's a neuroscientist, he published three books um, in the past that were uh, New York Times bestsellers. In March of 2010, he published a book uh, called Free Will. It's a small book, whatever, but it, it, it's a major achievement. And before, before his book, the only book that um, that was not self-published, that actually there were no, there were no books. You know, you'd have to go back decades to have a book that is refuting free will that wasn't self-published. Because you know, I published a book um, a few months before um, Harris, but it was self-published, and my co-host Anel published uh, his book whatever, there's a few others. But anyway, so like, so, you know, the topic's out there. I can't believe I've gone through half the show. I haven't gotten to the topic. I don't care. I'm tired. I don't have a free will. You can't blame me. All right. Um, so let's, let's get to this. Now, I want to first, um, I want to explain why we don't have a free will. Okay. 
Um, the basic reason is because everything has a cause. And for those of us who believe that not everything has a cause, that makes things even worse for free will because if things, certain things don't have causes, then you can't attribute them to anything. You can't attribute them to human beings, so you can't attribute them to our will. Um, so, like, essentially everything has a cause, and that means that every decision we make has a cause, and the cause always precedes, you know, the, the effect. So if the decision is the effect, it's the effect of the cause. And then you have the... That cause that causes our decision has a cause because everything has to have a cause, and that so then and that cause has a cause, and these causes are going back in time, and they go back moment by moment um, to the Big Bang. The best way to to understand causality because it's the most general, comprehensive is the cause of anything that happens is the state of the universe, you know, prior to whatever happened because that's the most you know the state of the universe is the most comprehensive description of, of, of everything because it is everything. All right, so that's why we don't have a free will. All right. Now, some people, again, some people make the claim that, that all right, we don't have free will now, but, you know, if we, if we become enlightened, you know, we can develop this, this, this power to have a free will. You know, we can develop the power to, to, to just like of our own accord... Um, override all our genetics, or override all our conditioning, override this fundamental universal principle of causality, override the fact that you're actually our unconscious is making all our decisions. I did a show on this a couple of um, episodes ago, and somehow gain a free will. No, we, you know, we, it's impossible. Causality, you know, like we might be, you know, what is it to become enlightened? To what? To know more? To kind of like understand the universe more? To, you know, to have our, you know, in terms of physiology, to have chi or ki energy circulating more? I mean, the very cool things. Enlightenment, let me tell you something. I meditate a lot. I met, recently I have been meditating like about eight, ten hours a day, which is very cool because like, because I've been thinking like, I've been like living in my head for a long time with the show and stuff, like thoughts and all. And so basically when I meditate, I just kind of like clear myself of all that. And it's very cool. So yeah, you can develop, you know, enlightenment, um, becoming more, you know, is something that I, I completely b- believe in. It's an amazing, you know, way of, of developing our kind of like fullest potential as a human being. But it's never, ever, it can't possibly give us a free will. Again, because causality would apply to whatever decision any kind of enlightened person would make. Okay, um, and you know, like some people say that um, there's there's a thing that that says that like why not? All right. Now, some people say that um, well, no, there's a question of whether or not we can potentially have a free will in the afterlife, and this is a very interesting question because like. You know, a lot of us believe that, you know, when we're good, if we're good, when we die, we go to a place called heaven. And in heaven, everyone's good and everyone's blissed out. You know, I don't know what they do up there, you know, but, but you know, everybody's happy and everybody's good. Now, think about it. Like, if you ask a, 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 somebody who was, like, raised in religion, who really believes in religion, if, if we have a free will, they'll say, here on earth, no. But if, then if you ask them, if... Do we have a free will? In other words, if, if we're up in heaven, do we have the free will to sin, to make mistakes, to do evil? And they would say no. So yeah, the general understanding is that 
you know, in the afterlife, you know, assuming there is one, um, assuming, let's say, there's a, there's a heaven, a, a complete bliss, then no, we wouldn't have a free will there either because we would be completely because by definition it's heaven by definition it's bliss some people say it's interesting some people say well you can't have a heaven on earth because that would be boring you know like you know you can't be completely happy when i I did a show before this the happiness show you know it's because happiness is the point of everything and i used to say that you know happiness is great you know you should strive to be happy all the time people say like you know if you're happy all the time, that's going to get boring. Well, no, because like, you know, when, you know, the concept, this concept of heaven is that like when you get up to heaven, you don't get bored with it. It's like eternal bliss. You know, you don't, you know, talk to any kind of like a priest or a rabbi. You're not going to hear him say no, like, you know, um, heaven isn't completely blissful because like that would be boring. So the idea is some people can understand how the, you know, how complete eternal bliss could exist in heaven you know, and not be boring, but they, they, they have difficulty translating that same principle and, and um, rationale to, to here on earth, whatever. But anyway, so like, so again, if, if we're, if we're um, completely blissed out and completely ange- angelically good in heaven, then no, that wouldn't be free will either. Okay. Did we ever have a free will? Because, um, you know, we can never have a free will from now into the future. Um, did we ever free, have a free will? Not really. That kind of depends on how you define us. Um, we're, we're, um, all right. God is everything. I mean, let's, theologically, God is everything. If you want to talk in terms of science, the universe is everything, all right? To me, God and the universe are synonymous. So if, if God is everything and if the universe is everything, then we're part of God. We're part of the universe. We, we are a universe in a sense. And you have to un- understand that um, 13.7 billion years ago at the time of the Big Bang, the universe was condensed to a singularity the size of about a pea. <laughs> Imagine that because there's, there's hundreds of billions of galaxies in the universe, each containing hundreds of billions of stars and presumably a lot of planets, and all this stuff was condensed to, you know, it, it's mind-boggling, you know, it's, it's completely... But anyway, we were a part of that also. So, so in a certain sense, you could say that we, were, we are a part of God, okay? So, like, so you might conjecture that, you know, at the moment of the Big Bang that we were part of that. Now, now that gets into a kind of like a logical kind of like a conundrum, because then, you know, the Big Bang is really like what we understand to be the beginning of our universe, but logic kind of like, you know, causes us to ask, well, what what came before that? I mean, you can't have something coming from nothing, you know, um, at least in science. It, 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 um, it's prohibited by certain conservation laws, like conservation of mass energy, conservation of momentum. You know, you have to have, you can't either create or destroy matter. So, so from that understanding, you know, the universe must always have existed. Um, so, did we ever have a free will? I don't know. I, I can't answer that. I, I've, um, I think as human beings, the form we're on now, I think we have to say that we didn't. 
we, we, we never did actually have a free will. And the reason I'm saying that is like, for example, let's say I dis, dis, define myself as the universe, okay, or God or whatever, and my hand as a human being. So my hand can do something, right? And it's part of the body, it's part of me, but it's not the part of me that decides anything. It has, you know, it's deciding what's, you know, in my mind, whatever, what I make it decide. And naturally, because, because I don't have a free will, what I'm deciding is like the result of this causal chain of, of cause and effect that goes back to the Big Bang and all that. But, um, but basically, so basically what I'm saying is like, you know, we are God because everything is God. We are universe because everything is a universe. We're just not that part of the universe as human beings that, is in control of anything, you know. We're just we're not in control of anything. That's what this whole show is about. I mean, that's what the whole free will, which is amazing. It's mind-boggling. So in that sense, I don't I don't think we ever really did have a free will as human beings. But like, since you can neither create nor destroy matter, the 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 atoms, the particles in our bodies, you know, in our minds, were all always existed or existed at least at the time of the Big Bang. So in that sense, you could say that if, if there was like a determining kind of like an act or God that just set everything in motion, you know, because you have to understand, not even God at the present moment doesn't have a free will. If God, if God is, is let's say, for example, all-knowing, even if God is everything, if God is everything, if God was the, the universe at the time of the Big Bang and, you know, cause and effect, the causal progression of the universe state by state leads to this, then God today is as is, is equally compelled as everyone else. You know, God doesn't have a free will either. Another way of explaining this is if God is omniscient, all-knowing. You know, you have to think that if God is everything, God has to know everything. So if God knew at the time of the Big Bang what, would be, what God would be doing today, then obviously he can't have a free will today. Whether God had a free will um, at the time of the Big Bang is, again, a, a bit um, nebulous of a question. So, all right, so the thing is, yeah, we can never have a free will. And, you know, that's, that's really like, it doesn't really matter because, because the way we've conditioned, we've been conditioned, the way we're made, who we really most fundamentally are is hedonic creatures. All we really care about is seeking pleasure and avoiding pain. That's what we do. That's what life is about. Okay, and a lot of times we we care about morality because, like for example, as John Locke, this British philosopher, explained, goodness is what creates happiness. So if goodness creates happiness, then evil creates unhappiness. So it's wise to be good, you know, to to seek pleasure and happiness. So um, so the idea is, um, yeah, we the idea is I just lost my train of thought. And because it's time, because I'm tired, I got four minutes uh, to go. Um, and that's the thing. If I had a free will, you know, I wouldn't have lost my train of thought. But anyway, um, so what? I don't know. So, <laughs> all right. Now, some people say that. Um, no, no, I don't want to go with that. Um, all right, I don't know. I'm going to do a commercial because I'm, you know, I I think you understand how we. Oh, I'm, I got it again. Okay, it came to me. All right, it doesn't matter that we don't have a free will because the only thing we really care about is happiness and pleasure, and so you know, as long as you know, as long it seems like it seems that like you know, if we die, then we go to heaven, and that that you know everything turns out well. Or another way of looking at this is like if. 
if we are as a species designed to seek pleasure and avoid pain, you would think that despite some mistakes we're going through, like climate change and our wars and all that stuff that we're going through now, you, you would seem that you'd seem to think that generation after generation that, you know, we would be getting better at this. So, like, so if we're still around, you know, a few thousand years from now, I guarantee you everybody on this planet is going to be blissed out because, you know, the science of of psychology that's been studying happiness has only been around for 50 years, and we've only begun to implement the findings of this field. So basically what I'm trying to say is, like, you know, I... All right, the reality is we don't have a free will, but knowing this does not have to um, limit your happiness. You know, basically what happens is like we still can be, you know, incredibly, completely happy if we want, you know, well, I don't know about completely happy, but we can be very, very happy understanding that we don't have a free will. And the idea is like when things, when good things happen, um, instead of like, you know, attributing them to ourselves and others, we attribute them to God or the universe. But we're grateful that they happen. We enjoy them. Um, so, so again, it's not, you know, I mean, you know, you can't, you can't help but think that, well, if we had a free will, being the hedonic, pleasure-seeking, pain-avoiding creatures that we are, if we really had a free will, we would be completely blissed out right now, because who would, who of their free will would freely choose to think any kind of negative thought freely choose to feel any kind of negative feeling. We wouldn't. I mean, I certainly wouldn't. That's a powerful way of understanding how we don't have a free will. So, you know, but so we, got, we have to accept that we don't have a free will. We can never, ever, 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 ever have a free will, you know, going on to the future. But, you know, the hope and the expectation is that eventually, you know, either like if we have a soul and we die, you know, you know, that basically, like, there, there is a kind of, like, a possibility for, for bliss. And who knows, maybe a lot of us don't even, you know, think about that or, or require that. But, but the idea is, like, yeah, understanding that we can never have a free will doesn't have to be kind of like a negative thing. Um, even though, you know, it would be great if we had a free will, um, we can still kind of, like, achieve a kind of, like, a blissful state without it in some ways. All right, I'm out of stuff. Um, we've got a, a Manhattan show, this, the, the, um, No Free Will, Channel 56, uh, on MNN, MNN, um, Manhattan's Neighborhood Network Station, um, every Wednesday night at 11 o'clock. It's a live call-in show every week or two, depending, or every other week or so, depending on what my producer decides. And if, if we're not live there, then we're showing this show there. We've got a meet-up the Exploring Illusion of Free Will meetup that uh, meets every uh, first Saturday of the month in Manhattan. Okay, and then I just started. I just started a new meetup in White Plains. It's actually the first meeting is tonight at Barnes and Noble, 8 p.m. It's called what is it called? It's called Outgrowing the Free Will Fairy Tale. I wanted to give it kind of like an edgy title, and we've got like about two or three or four people uh, joining us tonight. So anyway, I hope you're having a great day, and I'll see you again next time on Exploring the Illusion of Free Will.